Hey friend, Mike McCurry here with Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you so much for taking a moment and listening in today here in the middle of the week. I greatly appreciate the fact that you are part of our audience. I'm going to ask you if you would to grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Judges. We need to find our place in the book of Judges. I think we'll begin in chapter 16. We're talking this week about wasted potential. Friend, let me encourage you, don't be one that wastes your potential. I'm not just talking to the young people. I'm not just talking to the senior saints. I'm not just talking to the middle age. I'm talking to each and every one of you under the sound of my voice. Friend, you all have massive amounts of potential. Let me encourage you, if you would, to listen in today with the soft heart and open ears to what God might have for you today. Judges chapter 16 and verse 30 is where we will begin. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead, which he slew at his death, were more than they which he slew in his life. Samson was a mighty man. You may recall his story, and we're going to jump into that in just a moment, but he was a man that you could say had incredible potential. You say, oh, I'm not strong like Samson. I don't have that physical might. I don't have that uh, gravitas of, of, of my exterior. I don't look like a muscle man. I, I don't have this appearance. No, friend, you have potential, maybe in a different way than Samson. But you also have potential. We're going to discuss, like we did, we talked about Absalom yesterday. And the fact that he exalted and elevated himself above that which he should. And it caused him to waste his potential. Today we're going to look at Samson. We begin with this thought. Samson was special. Judges 13, chapter, chapter 13, verse 2. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren, and she bare not. And that means she couldn't have children. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee. This is the angel talking. And drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. And no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. From his very birth, Samson was a special character. He was literally prophesied about. Who were some other characters that were prophesied about before they even were born? I, I think of Jesus, the God of all eternity bears some similarities to this character, Samson. Samson was special, but he was supposed to be sanctified. Judges 14, continue on in the story, verse 6, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him. He was talking about a, a lion that Samson came across, as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hands. He killed a lion with his bare hands. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman. He was on his way to a destination. 
and he came across a lion in the way and killed it with his bare hands. She pleased Samson well, and after a time he returned to turn to take her, meaning to go really have relations with her, to marry her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating, and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Now, there's multiple issues with this. Samson, we're going to get to this in just a moment, he seems to have eyes for the women, doesn't he? But beyond that, as a Nazarite, as one that had taken a vow of the Nazarites, he was not supposed to touch. He was not supposed to be around. He was not supposed to interact with dead things. Now, of course, he killed a lion. He did it, you could say, in self-defense. And so that would have been justified. That would have been fine. But then when he came back by, he saw that bloated dead carcass, and there were some bees that had put a honeycomb inside the, the maybe the rib cage of that lion, and he saw it and looked real good. Now, I don't know about you, but of all the places I want to eat honey from, um, that little bear that sits on the table on the counter that I you know pour honey on biscuits and stuff like that, that's the place I want to get my honey from. I'm not really interested in getting honey out of a carcass. But Samson, uh, he was a manly man, and so he did. But he wasn't supposed to. Do you realize that children I'm talking to right now, teenagers, do you realize, do you suppose that there are some parameters that your parents have set up for you that maybe, just maybe, other kids don't have to abide by? Have you ever thought about the fact that there just might be a reason for that? You, potentially, might not have it as easy as some other kids, but the price to pay for being truly special and sanctified, friend, is worth it. Samson here, he was not supposed to do what he did, and he was always pushing the line and looking at where Samson's life ended up. I can tell you, if he could go back and do it all over again, he would choose to do so. He made some gross errors, some massive mistakes. Let me encourage you, my friend, to be very careful in your life because you are special. If you know Christ as your Savior, then you are a child of the King. And with that comes some, supposed to be at least, some sanctification. Being set apart. That's what that word means. Sanctification just means to be set apart, but set apart unto something. You are supposed to be closer to God as a result of your relationship with them. How sad would it be to have a relationship with somebody but to have no fellowship? I think of my parents. I had the opportunity not, not long ago. Those of you that are watching the video version of this podcast may realize that my location has changed in the past multiple weeks. Right now, I'm actually coming to you from the deck, uh, from the back uh, balcony of a hotel, actually, right now. And uh, we're traveling here, there, and everywhere. I'm in the Midwest right now. But last week, I was with my parents, and I was actually on their back deck. It seems like outside recording has become a little bit of a theme lately, but I think of my parents. I think of the great relationship, or I should say the relationship that we have, and the fact that we have great fellowship as well. I can talk to my parents about just about anything. They can talk to me about just about anything. We have a fellowship. How sad would it be if my parents disowned me, disinherited me, pushed me out and said, you can't visit. Don't bring our grandkids around. The relationship, me being their son, 
Oh, that can never change. You could take our blood and do a DNA test. I would always be Chris and Ruth McCurry's son. But what about the fellowship? Well, Samson was always straining that fellowship. He was special, supposed to be sanctified. Samson, for a time, had the Spirit of God, Judges 14, 6, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Judges 14, 19, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Can I tell you, friend, that just because God is using you doesn't mean you can't waste your potential and doesn't mean you can't lose that spirit of the Lord. One thing I'm always very careful of and I take with a massive truckload of salt is when I'm being introduced to preach somewhere. And this happens because often, I should say, because I'm a younger man probably. Actually, I guess I don't know why. But the preacher will introduce me. He'll say something like this. Uh, oh, this, this young man, Micah, he, he has the hand of God on his life. Now, I'm always very careful of that because I don't think another man really knows if the hand of God's on me. The only person I think that knows that is God himself. And so I think it's just a nice thing to say when you don't have anything else nice to say. But regardless, even if it's true, oh, my friend, I tread warily. I tread trepidatiously there because the hand of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, oh, those are things that they're not fickle in that they disappear without a trace of their own free will and volition. But if I don't have the fellowship that I should have with God Almighty, it's amazing how quickly the Spirit of the Lord can be grieved, can be quenched, the hand of the Lord can be removed from a situation. And Samson, in Judges 16, 20, she said, that this was Delilah, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. What a sad indictment of Samson. He didn't even know that God wasn't with him anymore. He was special. He was supposed to be sanctified. He had, I say past tense, the Spirit of God, but he lacked self-control. In Judges 14, we won't read it for sake of time, but Judges 14, 1 through 3, he saw he, there was a woman that caught his eyes. What wasted Samson's potential? Well, you can make the case that it was his eyes, but I believe it was the fact that Samson was very concerned with entertaining himself. It started with him seeing these people, and it ended with a woman named Delilah. It started with a woman of the Philistines, and it ended with a woman named Delilah. What was his mistake? Oh, Samson, I believe, entertained himself. Are you, my friend? I'm not just talking to the teenagers. It seems like as I walk along and just notice people in the crowd... So often we're walking around and we have our nose buried in a tablet, in a phone, don't we? We're always, and please understand, I'm coming to you probably by way of your computer, maybe by over the airwaves. I'm coming to you through a podcast player, maybe even YouTube or Facebook. Oh, friend, please know I'm not a Luddite. I'm not opposed to technology and all those things. But can I tell you, we spend a lot of time entertaining ourselves, don't we? Let me encourage you today to be very careful. Absalom, oh, he elevated. He, 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 he uh, took himself up to a position that wasn't his. 
But Samson, he entertained himself. Let me ask you, friend, how are you wasting your potential? Tomorrow on the broadcast, we're going to look at a young man, another young man, named Rehoboam. We have two more to go in this broadcast, in this thought, this concept of wasted potential. We began with Absalom. We continue today with Samson. And tomorrow we have Rehoboam, and there's one more for Friday, so I'm going to need you to stick around. Let me encourage your friend to tune in every day this week. Become a faithful listener to Bible Tract Echoes. I know that I greatly appreciate it. My prayer is that you have a great day for His glory. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.